Hello and welcome back to the Holtcast. It's time to dive into Aston Villa's 3-0 loss to Manchester United, as well as preview their upcoming game against Crystal Palace on Sunday. Yet another loss for Aston Villa leaves us sitting in a space that's not so good. Of course, Cole Pedham here back with the Holtcast. Of course, as ever, I'm not alone. This time we have a different Danny, the return of the Quizards. The quiz master here, Dan Morgan. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. Uh, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me back. Uh, we need to do the quiz on our channel, actually. But you know, with, with how the games are, it's it's so difficult to try and fit it in. But you know, you can. You've got my word again. We will sort the quiz out. We will have the the, the great rematch at the end of the season. Um, <laughs> whilst I'm doing okay um, in terms of of Aston Villa, uh, obviously winner, are we? <laughs> No, not at all. It's uh, see, it's interesting for me when I look at myself personally. It, no matter if it's a win, draw, loss, whatever, like usually around 24 hours after, maybe even a few hours after, I'm calm. This time, I'm so pissed off. Sorry for swearing, people. I this, I it's United. I I understand that. I didn't have any expectations. I thought if we get something out of this. It's a miracle, but it's just, well, one, we'll get in the, the first goal here in a moment because that is the biggest BS thing I've ever seen, or one of them. I think it's, for me, Dan, just the manner of the loss. It's essentially getting screwed over a little bit, and instead of using that as motivation to kind of jog on, get your mind into it, and just kind of reset, and if anything, motivates you further, it's basically, okay, we've conceded. It, like the heads are gone like that is the whole mentality is so pathetic in my opinion and like how what are your thoughts on that because if anything the mindset of this club right now it's so like i said before pathetic you're not wrong cole and to to be honest before the the penalty the controversial penalty was was given i think it's fair to say villa gave it a go united looked fairly sloppy didn't really have an attempt. I believe we had four attempts before that penalty was given. And my frustration comes from, uh, I can totally understand why all the players were furious with the decision and that the heads drops, you know, we were furious with the decision. The thing is, and I understand they, they, they're going to feel like they're fighting an uphill battle, but when you're, uh, you know, when you've been, I don't want to say in control or dominated because it really was uh, far from that. But when you're, you know, having chances against Manchester United and, you know, everyone likes to, to banter Manchester United since Ferguson's left. But Manchester United, for me, have been the best team since returning from Project Restart. They've, uh, they're undefeated. They've won all their games. They're the first team in Premier League uh, history since like the 1970s Liverpool side to have won four games consecutively by at least three goals. Um so, you know, they're a very good team. And to uh, to have gone from having uh, a few opportunities, obviously Trezeguet hit the post, Grealish um, hit a, a volley over the bar early on. To go from having opportunities like that to none at all is, for me, totally unacceptable, Cole. Uh, it's the most deflating thing. I think when you look at that in every Villa fan, and I hope United fans agree, because if you don't, you're out of this world in terms of mentality we were the better side for the first 20 minutes and i know it's only 20 minutes of a full 90 
But to be honest, in my opinion, and, and, and it could sound ridiculous, people can disagree. It's what the whole part of this platform is, to have your own opinion. If that if that penalty doesn't happen, I don't think the Greenwood goal happens. I think the mentality is so different, and I think we probably would be the better team for that full 45 at least. Like it, The interesting yeah. thing when I look at this game is United like to play with a lot of, uh, obviously they have a lot of youth, so it's a lot of pace and purpose and quick counterattacking stuff. And that's what they're known for right now. It's clicking. Their defense, in my opinion, is still pretty poor. Like, it it masks a lot. You concede it too against Bournemouth. I think that does say a lot. Um, Maguire is an 80 million pound defender, but he is slow. If you have pace up there, it's not going to be helpful for him. And if you look at Villa, the thing that I notice most, and since especially this restart, is our build-up play. I've tweeted this, I don't know how many times, is so slow. Like, we allow teams to reset because we're just constantly recycling the ball. And at that point, it's so hard to uh, break a team down for a second or even third time, uh, let alone the first. And for this one, it was kind of weird. Sorry, I'll let you go on in here in a second. The thing that was weird for me was we were still slow, but United didn't like us dropping the tempo. They couldn't handle it. You could see how impatient they were with the challenges they were throwing in, how as soon as we break something down, their attacking players couldn't even bother to really track back as much. Like They couldn't handle it. For once, being slow actually helped us. I'll let you go on now. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm going to pose a question to you, Cole. When was the last time Villa had a genuine... Uh, a genuinely pacey forward or, you know, a pacey outlet to, you know, to, to spring on the counter-attack. Who, who's the last player? Who, you know, who, who comes to mind? When was that? Uh, Gabby and Vyman. Like, the, and they weren't yeah, even that and, cool. and Gabby talking... was quick, but Vyman wasn't. But, like, I would kill for those two right now, to be honest. And that's seven years ago, Cole. We've not yeah. had a pacey forward for seven years. Uh, you, it, the Premier League is all about pace. You have to be quick. You have to, you know, you have to make these opportunities count because you don't know how many opportunities you're going to get against Manchester United. If I take you back to Manchester United's game against Bournemouth, a very weird game where Manchester United scored five worldies, um, you know, Bournemouth had their chances and they took them. They only scored two goals, but for for the best part, uh, at the start of the game, we kept Manchester United relatively contained. And if you can do that, you know, like we did against Liverpool for 70 minutes, whilst taking your chances, then you're going to be in a much better position. Um, you know, if if we'd have if we'd have scored, for example, before the penalty was given, do the heads drop? I don't think they do because you've already scored against Manchester United. You know, and and the mentality is a big thing. But for me, you know. As frustrating and as outrageous as the the penalty decision was, you can't, you know, that's out of your hands as as players. What you have to take responsibility for is that second goal. And uh, I'm sure you'd have seen it on my Twitter feed, mate, but I am in Hmm. absolute awe of the fact that Mings couldn't even bring down Martial. As a defender, if you, first of all, getting caught that far up the pitch... Uh, and, and, and kind of messing about in possession is a big no. Second of all, if you're going to then lose possession, take him out at the hip. Stop the play somehow. You do not try and jog back or whatever. For me, that was absolutely unacceptable. And uh, I, I I cannot forgive Tyron Mings for that performance, man. Yeah, I, I, just speaking briefly on the first goal here, like we'll both agree, we'll say it right now. Was that a penalty? No, for no, me. never, never, no, no. And the fact that this is the thing that annoyed me, and of course it's kind of clickbaity stuff that 
United fan channels and whoever else on there and will say it's a penalty because I've seen clips of them saying it is. And I'm thinking even your ex-players like Gary and Phil Neville can believe that Peter Schmeichel can believe that. Like, I understand why they say it to obviously kind of appease a certain fan base. But like, be honest with yourself. That is never a penalty because in my opinion, if that is Villa attacking and that's United defending, I guarantee they're not giving that. I guarantee yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's it's so biased, in my opinion. And I, I could say a million arrogant, rude things right now, but we'll move on from that <laughs> goal because it was it was never a penalty. But to go on to Tyrone Mings, I think the thing a lot of people were getting on his back on Twitter. You would have seen this, Dan. The thing, yeah. first of all, that's so ridiculous, in my opinion. He is... I would say mid to lower tier Premier League. I think the issue with him is he's made to be the figurehead of the defense when he hasn't played a lot of Premier League football. And the other issue with that is, is you're seeing how much he's missing a compatible partnership with him as a center back. And that's why I think Gary Cahill would have been the perfect player. Like that is them two as a partnership would have been, outstanding i don't think we ship nearly as many goals it keeps mings in line and from a leadership standpoint it takes a lot of pressure off a still young player like he's not 30 like not even close yeah and i think it's unfair like the the second goal is completely his fault in my opinion if you're gonna go all the way up the pitch with the ball under your control and wait long enough to open up your body for the perfect pass and you know there's that many players around you just get rid of it i would rather rather that go out for a goal kick or a throw in than just lose the ball or at least foul them like i think that's where so much pressure falls on mings where we look at that as a scapegoat to basically everything because we're essentially like last last game it was trezeguet this game's it's mings so next game it's gonna be i don't know an empty seat i don't know like it's we just kind of look for the cop out. Football's fickle. We all know that. I think the biggest frustrated for me, at least, and I want your opinion, was the third goal. Because to give Paul Pogba, who is a world-class player on his day, when he can be bothered, in my opinion, because um, he does yeah. have that bit about him, is to give him that much space on the ball to open up his body to basically just gently finesse it into the net is ridiculous. Like, standing off for that long, what is the point? Yeah, uh, and just to touch on Mings just for a brief second before I give you my thoughts on that awful (laughs) third goal. um, This isn't like, I I don't necessarily agree with what you're saying about Mings being the scapegoat because this isn't an isolated incident. It's not like like he's, you know, the Neil Taylor of the team in the championship who would just get battered for the sake of it. Like Mings deserves to be called out for something like that because... It's it's not like it's a one-off thing. It happens all the time. It happened in the championship, but he could get away with it then because attack. You know, you've got Britta Sambalonga instead of Anthony Martial chasing you. You know, there's levels to this game. True. Um, but no, the third goal is totally unacceptable. And again, it's not really being spoke about much. And and I can tell you why because it's Jack Grealish that was supposed to be closing down Paul Pogba there. That's true too. Yeah, you are right. I think I should re clarify <laughs> what i'm saying the ming scapegoat i'm thinking like the entire performance when i say that i just want to uh, yeah, clarify that for not, people yeah. yeah i think it's a team game and that's what i'm trying to get i should have said that so you are correct uh, for yeah. yeah you are correct for uh adjusting the, 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 the frustrations with mings is that he you know it is 
a semi-regular occurrence. I mean, he did this. I don't know if your memory is that great, but if you remember the Manchester United game at Old Trafford this season, Manchester United uh, scored their second goal because Mings was trying to wait too long to to try and ping the ball 70 yards up the pitch, and they ended up getting a throw in and and, uh, and then ended up resulting from scoring from the corner from that. So, you know, and uh, Mings's head has been in the, in the clouds ever since he's got that England call up, and I think Villa fans do really need to take a look at themselves and and Tyrone um and 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 think long and hard about uh you know some some of the decisions that he's made throughout the season but no the third to go on to go on to the third goal Cole um it's it's just very poor in general from set players we're not very good at defending them we're not very good at attacking them throughout the whole season and this is something that me and Dan have always said uh, on our podcast is that there's all there always seems to be a like a free man whether it be a free kick or whatever there's always a there's always you know an opposition player who is on the end who's who's ready to run onto that and head home or bring it down and, and do whatever um but this time for, for for a player like Paul Pogba to to be afforded that kind of space is totally outrageous and and for Grealish to to essentially back off as well uh, when I watched it, you see Pepe Reina is 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 forced, you know, just just to watch the ball go in in the back of his net because what can he do? He's blindsided. He has got to trust that that the ten other men who are in front of him can neutralise the threat there because he can't see anything. Um, and it's it's incredibly frustrating. But I don't want this to to seem like it's uh, an attack on Grealish and his performances. That Jack Grealish seems to be a very divisive uh figure on on Villa Twitter now people seem to think he's you know he's he's downed tools or uh, you know some people are of the opinion that he is doing all he can uh I'd say he's probably somewhere in between but he had to do better for that to be honest mate I wouldn't be shocked Dan if he's playing with an injury I like I wouldn't it just, yeah. it just you know what I mean just something seems really off like look him again like since coming back he still looks like he needs like another month of just like pure cardio like he looks so off the pace and I think when we look at the whole mindset of the club right now especially after even conceding a goal I think the best symbol uh, throughout this game or example I should say would be Douglas Louise carrying the ball through our end and then laying it off for McGinn to keep running on to make that option, to make that counterattack. And he just waits for Neil Taylor to basically intercept the ball at that point, not even take his own pass, and do it himself. And you can see yeah. Douglas Louise's frustration. I think that, for me, symbolizes how quickly and how poorly the morale drops after something doesn't go our way. Like It's so easy to look at these kind of things in hindsight, after the fact, because you have to think, say, if Grealish, that Grealish's effort when he just misses the goal when it is crossed by Konza, if that goes in, that is a hard thing to do, like the way it was coming in. If that goes in, you have yeah. to think this might be a different game, but at the same time, we're 1 0 up. That's a lot of pressure on us. We probably crack, anyways. Who knows if Trezeguet, who I wish would have taken an extra step or two, if that goes in somehow, you're 2 0 up. You're in dreamland. I don't think United come back from that. It's it's complete in hindsight, and I think I well I hope you can agree. And if not, then let me know. <laughs> but I I think if we take our chances, like we've said all along, it's a completely different outset. Absolutely, and that's been the most frustrating thing since the restart is that the the chances have come few and far between, and you know the, the best teams 
you know, Liverpool can afford to have three shots against Aston Villa because they will score two goals. And that's exactly what they did, um, you know, against us. And, uh, you know, we, we, I think we doubled attempts on goal in, in the game at, at Anfield and you get punished for not taking your chances. And, and if I just kind of look at the, uh, at, at the Premier League table right now, Aston Villa have conceded 65 goals. That's the most in the division goal. Now, when you're conceding that many goals, you, you, you're going to need a buffer of one or two early on, you know, um, so it's frustrating that, that Villa don't take their chances, even uh, even create chances at time, Cole, because, you know, there, there are many, many games that have passed um, since the restart where Villa have just looked like, you know, like a blunt spear when they're going forward. It's 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 pointless. Um, almost, you know, playing a striker because we're not going to attack. Um, I, I do think, though, you know, on that note, we have uh, created more chances in the Liverpool and United games, but what does it account for when you can't hit the onion bag? Yeah, and I think a lot of people, all after this, we'll move on. We won't even do match balls this time because I don't think anyone warrants even a match ball for this one. Um, <laughs> we'll get onto the Palace one after this comment, but I think the thing with me is if we lose this even 2 1, 3 1, or if we scored against Liverpool and it's a 2 1 loss, I think you look at these with a lot different context because at least it shows we're scoring against top sides and we're in it and we can create chances. And that gives evidently it would give the whole fan base more confidence going into the final four games, because you'd have to say three out of those four, I, the Everton game is debatable, but you could say that there, we have chances in three of those four, I would say. But when you look at it and we've scored what two goals and I believe what six games, like there's not much confidence in there. But anyways, we'll move on. We'll we'll chop that out of our minds here, hopefully, and I won't <laughs> cry myself to sleep again tonight. Um, <laughs> let's go on to the Palace game, because since Project Restart, this has been one of the games that every Villa fan has pegged on their calendar as a must win. And if not a winnable game, which I don't, especially now, I don't see how that's possible. Um, like I said yeah. before, two goals in the six games doesn't warrant much success there. Um, but like the final four run in, I'll go over here quickly. Of course, it's Palace, then Everton. We face Arsenal and then finish at West Ham. So looking at the Palace game and I've I read a piece, uh, Q&A piece for a Palace website earlier this week. And they're asking what are confidences in this game? How are you feeling, Dan? Because I'm a little bit more optimistic because I, for me, the Liverpool United games, I didn't have any expectation. Um, I think the issue is, is we've, as as you touched on then, Cole, we put far too much impetus on this, on this palace game. And I'm, I, if you'd have asked me two weeks ago, I'd have, I'd have been very optimistic. I still am um, definitely far too optimistic than I should be. But if if you look at Palace's form since the restart, they have only won one game. They've won one in five, uh, and that was against Bournemouth uh, right right at the beginning. And we all know how bad Bournemouth have been. Saying that, almost getting points at um, uh, three points at home to to Tottenham. But you know, Palace have lost four games in a row. If there was ever a time for any other team to play Crystal Palace, it would be now. But we all know, whenever a team comes to Villa Park on a losing run with former players like Christian Benteke and Jordan Ayew, that they're going to absolutely get three points. Yeah, I think I think that's the scariest one. And I'm just looking at Palace's results now. So their last result was a 3-2 loss to Chelsea. It's a bit hard to judge that one, in my opinion, because you look at it and say, wow, they scored two against Chelsea. We scored against Chelsea, albeit a bit lucky. 
so you know what? I'll, I won't take that for much because I think Chelsea have uh, kind of a standard back line. They need some improvement there, um, especially yeah. under an attacking manager like Frank Lampard. He likes to play, uh, play on the front foot, so goals uh, are expected to be conceded. You look after, uh, before that, and it's Leicester, a 3-0 loss. They lost 1-0 to Burnley and, of course, 4-0 to Liverpool. So not the easiest games by any means, three of those four. It's, you look at the Burnley one, that's a typical Burnley 1-0 win. And aside, yeah, really, aside from the Palace game, or sorry, the Palace game, the Chelsea game, they're not scoring. Like, even before that, yeah. what, they won 2-0 against Bournemouth. Um, they beat Palace, or they beat, well, I keep wanting to say Palace. They beat Watford <laughs> 1-0. Like, they're not scoring many goals. And if anything, Dan, that kind of suits us better than anything. Yeah, no, it does. But then again, you have to... You have to score goals, though, don't you? And, and and we don't really look like we can even do that now, which is is kind of frustrating, to be honest, Cole. I think, you know, the thing that's keeping me going is we, you know, we we ultimately, you know, something has to give. Like it, it really does. I think I I hate to say it, but I think this the squad at least is is far too good for relegation. Um, if you look at some of the, the the individual players, and I know you know it's, it's about the team effort, and, and, and even I, I've just listed off how many goals we've conceded this season. Uh, no team who's scored conceded 65 goals deserves to stay in the Premier League unless they've scored 300 goals or something like that. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's just not uh, it's it's just not really how it works. But I think until. I listened to Dean Smith's post-match interview. I felt optimistic for him to say, we'll have to see how results go to decide if it's a must win. Uh, tells you everything you need to know about the mentality. Anything we heard from Dean Smith about everyone feeling great and being, you know, everything is fine in camp and, you know, they're, they're feeling optimistic. That is all completely uh, taken away by hearing uh, what Smith said to Sky Sports after, uh, after that game, mate. And, the players, you know, the players need to look at themselves and, and, and take a bit of responsibility for themselves as well and, uh, and and hold themselves accountable for 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 poor performances. And, you know, I think uh, when you think of goals, you instantly look to the strikers. But the, the, the two people who've scored our goals from uh, since Project Restart have been defenders in, in Courtney Horse and, and El Mohamedy. So uh, Villa have to, you know, if we're going to get anything from this game, Cole, is, is really take advantage from set players Make sure we're we're setting these traps that I think you know th- there were signs of against Manchester United and Liverpool, and um, and you know not give away stupid. It sounds you know it sounds silly. I see a few people on Twitter saying things like, "Ah, oh, if only Mings didn't do this, if only this didn't happen." But at the end of the day, it happened. You have to eradicate them kind of mistakes. We leak goals anyway, so we can't have Tyrone Mings dribbling up the pitch with the ball and and and, and become dispossessed. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's about eradicating them silly mistakes. And at the end of the day, if if this Villa side get relegated, um, no one, Cole, is gonna it's gonna be like, oh well, they you know they made ten unlucky mistakes. That they made ten mistakes. You know, that's how it will be looked at. No one will look at them as unlucky mistakes. Um, so you know, we have to we have to be solid. We have to take advantage of set plays because we've had so many Cole since we returned to action. So many, and and you know. Considering a player like Conor Horahan, whose whole thing is based off being lethal from set pieces, you know, you'd expect someone like him to step up. Um, but no, it, it's been poor, mate. And I've, I've descended onto a bit of a rant there. But if I'm honest, I can't see anything. <laughs> I can't see anything other than uh, a Christian Benteke goal, and it will crush the hearts of uh, thousands of Villa Park Villa fans across the nation. <laughs> 
Well, you know what? You said it for me, so I'll leave it at that. But you know what? Before we wrap this up, Dan, we'll get, we have 12 points left to possibly obtain. How many, first question, how many do you think we're going to get? And the second, I guess, will be based off that is, do you think we'll stay up? Um, To answer, well, to not answer your question, I look at the table and I honestly think four points, maybe five keeps you up. Um, we are currently on 27. We're four points behind Watford. The, the issue being Watford play West Ham. Um, well, that, sorry, that game's already happened, hasn't it? Watford have played West Ham, but Norwich. No, Watford have played Norwich. <laughs> I, yes, I know Watford have played I, Norwich. I, I, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Watford have to play West Ham, and we have to play West Ham, and Watford look better than us. Um. And, and, and Watford and West Ham are, are, are both tied on, on 31 points. And with us being on 27, I think 32 points would keep you up. So five points are needed. But, I mean, I, I was saying to Dan on our podcast that, you know, you, you can't just ho- keep hoping for draws and, 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 you know, and hope you draw four games and, and four points keeps you up. You need three, you know, you need a win somewhere. So... Um, if I'm being honest, I don't see us beating Crystal Palace. And uh, to answer your second question, yeah, I think we're down now. I think you know the, the sooner the sooner we accept that, the the easier it will become. I'm seeing a lot of people on the timeline saying how they're uh, they're angry, and there's been a lot of comparisons to the to the relegation year, and understandably so, you know, because we're on our way down. But um, uh, that was a whole different scenario. I think we've just got to look at that and, um, and and just try and be optimistic for next season, Kyle, to be honest. Score prediction then? Oh God. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say nil, nil purely because you're looking at a team who's only scored what? Um, two goals since the restart, four goals since the restart. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go nil, nil. I don't think Villa are going to, are going to score we we have um we have strikers who who are on on goal droughts and uh and a, and a leaky defense but I, th- I think that should that should make for a very boring nil nil <laughs> yeah um i'm going to improve it but with the same result uh, i'm gonna go one all i i just personally i think we have mistakes in us i feel like no matter what we do we concede one unfortunately uh, you look at Palace, uh, they they have a pretty sturdy defense at times, but like us, they can still leak goals. And I think for anything, when I look at them in the table too, they'd probably play for a point. They don't really have anything to play for at the moment. So yeah, we'll leave it at that. Thank you very much, Dan, for joining us. Of course, if people want to check your stuff out, where can they go? Uh, so you can listen to the Villa Villa podcast on YouTube uh, if you search Heart of the Hole or we are on Anchor, Spotify, whatever with uh, the Villa Villa podcast. Thanks for having me on, Cole. Yeah, absolutely. And like we or like Dan said before, we will eventually try to do a quiz on his end and hopefully yeah. uh, one of either Danny or myself will be a better representation of the Holt cast. But anyways, we'll leave it at that. Thank you very much for listening. Um, this has been Cole Penham. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at talk Aston Villa, get in touch with the podcast on email, holtcastpod at gmail.com. Of course, Twitter at 7,500 to Holt and all together, we make up the Holt cast. It's, it's going to be one hell of a running guys. Uh, buckle your seats up because we're not quite done yet. And don't forget up the villa. Villa.